Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. Today is Tuesday, January the 6th. I'm Bruce Turner in Lynchburg, Virginia. I'm Jeff Zayas in sunny Napa, California. I'm Robert Taylor in Chile, New Orleans, Louisiana. Hey, everyone. I'm Duke Carrico. And tonight on Android Journal, we talk CES 2015. All the latest from America's largest technical trade show. Good evening, guys. Hola. All right, man. Uh, so, uh, hey, Bruce, describe CES 2015 to me, man. <laughs> Get bent. <laughs> bend, bend your phone, bend the TVs. What are they going to think of next to try to get us to spend money? All right. Hey, Robert. When I, hey, when I was a kid, there was a little toy. You know how Whammo came out with the water walk? Uh, no, they came out with the hula hoop. And and uh, Slinky and all that. Well, Whammo had a thing called the Water Walker, and it was just a curved piece of board, and you'd put your feet on either side of the board, and you you would just waddle, and you would you would make forward motion. You know, I feel like this is Water Walker all over again <laughs> when I see that LG phone. <laughs> so, Robert, how would you describe CES 2015? Oh, yeah. Okay, Jeff. Well, not, for, not all of it, but most of it. Fair you enough. Know, fair it, enough, it, Jeff. What? It, give me, it, give me your thoughts. It's they're starting to they're they're starting to show cars, self driving cars, yeah. and you know more cars at a electronic show, and in um you know. Well, you know they've uh, they've started doing that, uh, you know, for the last couple of years, and you know last year. Uh, we learned about a, a little car called the Elo. Elo, yep. Yeah, and uh, you know Bruce and I, we're we're actually pretty excited to see that uh, car debut the spring of this year. Uh, yeah, it's uh, been pushed back to September of 2015 of this year. Oh, really? It's supposed to be March, and then they pushed it back because I've been checking it because I'm not going to put any money down until they actually secure and start in production because you never know. So they pushed it back to September. Did they say why? Yeah, no, they didn't. You know, it's hard to get information from their website. You know, it's pretty much an FAQ kind of thing. Okay. Uh, I, listen, thank you. I didn't know that. That's good to know. Appreciate that. I know that it, it is being produced in Louisiana. Yeah. It's being yeah. built in Shreveport, Louisiana, in an old Chevrolet truck plant. Yeah, GM plant. repurposing. Uh, the state is hugely hugely behind this project so this is not one of those governmental um delay type situations i'm not sure what the cause of it is but i know that the state is pressing forward and and really trying to get these people off the ground doing everything they can to get them going i think they got up to thirty-seven thousand um commitments you know based on whatever whatever you're i mean i think the lowest is like 250 dollars refundable 
dollars. Well, you know, with for personal transportation for less than seven thousand uh, yeah. dollars, it definitely piqued my interest. Yeah, uh, hey, you know the thing. The thing that's kind of funny is that um, you know it's I, I don't know it's going to be serviced by Pet Boys, right? right. Nationwide, mm-hmm. and it pretty much secured most of the states to get around the helmet law. You know, yeah, I know California. You don't have to wear a helmet. Well, the the last that I had read, it had uh, it, it hadn't passed five star inspection, but in their own test, they predicted that it would pass fi- the five star crash protection. So we'll hope it does. Hey guys, really, really quick, uh, tweet us, and you can use the hashtag and coffee. We'll take your questions and comments live. And with that said, guys, let's get into CES 2015. I want to tell you, man, it's uh, it's been a pretty interesting year as far as I'm concerned. I do, I do like uh, Bruce's analogy of it. Uh, but real quick, hey, we're going to do something different. You guys remember way back in the day when we used to do tech and coffee? I'd have you thumbs up or thumbs down. Let's do something similar with that tonight because we got a lot that I'm just going to touch on. I don't want us to spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes pondering each article, but I'm going to start it this way. Hey, BMW brought to CES an autonomous driving technology that goes with wearables. It's actually an app that lets drivers use their smartwatches to command a BMW and park it. Several journalists were on hand to test this. All right, so just going to do it like this, guys. Get your thumbs. Are we going to see these cars parking themselves in 2015? Go. Jeff, go. And that's it. I, I'm undecided on it because they do have park assist now for some cars. Yeah, we're we're not going to see this from BMW in 2015. We might see it, but it, we're not going to see it this year. Well, I think the whole concept is stupid. Yeah, yeah I just want to go on record and say I like driving. That's you know I I, I'm gonna, I I like driving. That's why I have a, a stick shift. You know, uh, you know I I'd like to you know get a new car, maybe have a six speed or something else like that. I like driving. I don't need an autonomous driving car or a car that parks itself. You need an ELO, don't you? I need an ELO. Yeah, there you go. All right, man. Hey, Samsung, you know, last year they had an 85-inch bendable TV. This year they brought a 105-inch TV. Okay, this thing is bendable. But get this, man. You can touch it. Just touch a button, and it will go from flat to curved and back to flat, depending on how you want to view it. Okay? Hey, pretty cool as far as I'm concerned. I'm not in the market for a TV, not going to run out and buy one. Okay, thumbs up, guys. Are we going to see this in Best Buy this year? All right, man. Fair enough. We all said no to that one for our audio listeners. Every one of us said no. Why don't they make one that just if, – if, if, if you can bend it, why don't you get one that wraps? You can just stand in the middle of it and wrap around you, and you just look all around. You just get a little spinning chair and spin around and get this 360 view. Has anyone saw the, the curved screens? Have I seen them? Yeah. Yes. 
Do you think it's like gives you a better viewing angle than is absolutely not? Yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going like no way. I mean, Vi- Vizio, v- Vizio really ripped LG and Samsung for this curved television technology, and I, I mean, listen, they were not kind to any manufacturer that was trying this. And I mean, basically, the bottom line was is the technology's just not there to do it right yet. There's too many other issues with uh, backlighting, pixelation, that sort of thing. It's not just backlighting and pixelation. The actual positioning of the TV in your room compared to relative screen size. Granted, if you're sitting in a movie theater and you have, you know, a 50-foot screen, a wrapped image when you're sitting, you know, so many feet away from it may help with peripheral view. However, the optimal or the, the, the average position from the television in the living room is 15 feet away. You don't need to wrap the screen 15 feet away. It's yeah. just your, your eye's not going to perceive the difference at all. At best, at best, you're going to re- reduce some of the reflect the reflection on the screen from other ambient light sources like lamps or windows. That's it. That's a, at best what you're going to do. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm not a. Uh, I'm not real excited about it. Hey, this this next one. I don't think anybody saw this one coming to CES. Uh, Sar Sarvar. <laughs> oh man, it's hard for it's hard for an East Tennessean to say uh, to talk Swiss, man. Yes, Swarovski crystals. Hey, man, some of these things are actually. Uh, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? They're going to harvest energy from the sun. They're actually solar-powered crystals, and they're going to use these things for, uh, you know, fitness devices. Uh, oh, Bruce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, uh, listen, I think this is pretty innovative. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's get thumbs in position and then we'll talk further. Okay. Are we going to see this this year? All right. I'm the only one who went up on that one. So your thoughts guys. Well, I'll jump in. I I'm anything for alternative energy and looking for anything that's going to provide a power source cleanly. So if it's going to harvest energy, that's great. But is it going to do it in an, in an amount great enough to power a device or make a device you know, function? That's the question. Now, if you don't know anything about Schwartzky crystal, it's very, very expensive. Right. <laughs> Right. I'm just, and that's why I say I don't think we're actually going to see this. Uh, You know, it it might be cool, new, interesting technology, but I personally don't think that we'll see it this year. Uh, And when it does come, if Schwartzky is the the, the company that's leading the pack, it's going to be pricey. Fair enough. Anyone else? Yeah, this reminds me of the pet rock from uh, the 60s. (laughs) This will probably last about that long. Well, you know, I, I actually agree with Robert. You know, I think that if technology sounds cool, but what does it, you know, at what cost? I mean, I can, you, you still buy a battery for pretty cheap, you know. Well, 
you know, hey, listen, uh, look at how Apple's marketed things that are probably, uh, they're overpriced, but yet they've still successfully uh, marketed them. And a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, it's a fashion statement, and that's how I see these crystals. Maybe no. this is the forerunner of the lithium crystals that powers the warp engine. Uh, let's hope so. There you go. Di- dilithium. So. Dilithium crystals. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm waiting. I'm holding up for the red matter. Yeah. All right. I've got a. I've got a tweet here. The more that you read, the more things you will know. The more you learn, the more places you'll go. Mm-hmm. No, I like that. <coughs> hey guys, I'm moving on to the Lenovo tablet. Okay, this thing is a. You can use your finger. As a stylus, you can use a stylus as a stylus, and you can use just about anything else, including forks, knives, and spoons. Uh, are we going to see this this year on the market? Everybody ready? One, two, three, go. I've got two up and two down. Okay, Jeff, why do you think we'll see it? Well, I think you're going to see the technology everywhere because people are going to be signing things all over the place and they won't have the little stylus pens. And you're pretty much you can sign it with your finger now anyways, but I think this is just another offshoot of that, so I, I, I think it won't be happening. Bruce, why do you think we won't see it? Well, exactly the thing. I sign, I sign it on, on Square apps uh, at the place where I get my hair cut, at the Muse Coffee House uh, with my finger. Uh, this is just a gimmick, I, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't get. I, I get more excited about, and maybe you'll talk about this later. But I, I watched the, uh, I watched the the Asus uh, presentation, and uh, and Lenovo makes some great stuff and everything. I mean, I'm not even sure, you know. Uh, what do you think about this tablet's design, even not considering the the pointer functionality? Well, I, I've seen this design. This they, this design actually debuted last year, and. Uh, you know, uh, reviewers. Uh, first of all, let me let me say I, I never held this, but I've heard a lot of reviewers say they like the tablet design, but but the tablet itself fell short when it came to specs and the display resolution, so forth, etc. Uh, I think we're going to see this simply because I, I mean it's already there. They're they're basically already making it. Uh, do I think that it's going to sell well? That's a whole nother song. Lenovo has not done very well in the tablet space so far. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my opinion. All right. Hey, guys, this next article that I'm going to move to, I, I'm telling you right now, man, I am very, very excited about this, and I, I'm not kidding you one bit. Uh, Dish TV, Dish, the satellite company, Dish, announced that they are launching a, they call it the Sling TV, Internet TV service. This thing is going to be priced at $20 a month subscription. It's going to debut on the market for about, uh, I'm sorry, with about 14 channels. Those channels would include the Turner Networks, uh, CNN, the two biggies, ESPN and ESPN2. So basically, you are going to get a live TV streaming service for 
$20 per month. Now, if there's uh, some talk about, you know, like you can get a kid's package for $5 more a month. You'll be able to get a news package for $5 more a month. Then they're going to announce other partners. The cool thing about this is they're already doing this overseas in Europe. They're currently calling it right now Dish International. They're fixing to change that name to uh, Sling International. Uh, Guys, to me, when I saw this, and I did watch this keynote live, and when I saw this, I said, cord cutting actually became legitimate today. Uh, Robert? I know you are already a cord cutter, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Well, what I love about this, right off the top, is it kind of combines the best of two worlds. One, it starts with a core package of some primary news services. And the big thing, the cord cutters, is live sports. Having ESPN is a big deal. But what it brings to the table is the ability for a la carte programming. And not really truly a la carte, but a la carte in a way that makes sense. Like the kids' packages that you described, they truly are kids' packages. They're not a random set of golf TV, food networks, and Disney. You know, they're kids' packages. The news package is a news package. So... While it's not individual channels, it's very close to it. It's reasonably priced. The $20 starting package price, I don't think that very many people would be happy with only 14 channels. And also, it doesn't include local programming. But as a cord cutter, who cares because you have an antenna to get your local digital. But it also, and I don't know if you saw this because when you told me about it, I really went, went hog wild looking at it. They are going to have some on-demand programming, too. So not only do you get the live streaming, you also get the on-demand. This is great news across the board. It brings cord cutting in a digital TV service at a very reasonable place. If I was a cable provider, I would be shaking in my shoes. And and if you think about it, I, I think that a lot of people – they're going to go with the total package that's not just the dish. They're going to go with dish, Netflix, and Hulu, and they're still going to save money per month versus what they're currently paying for cable. Absolutely. Average cable bill in the U.S. right now is $80 per month. That's a whole lot more than this and Hulu and Netflix. Yeah, and uh, like I say, I enjoyed that keynote. I got pretty fired up about it. So, with that said, thumbs in the neutral position. Well, may I say something? Can, can no, no, but we you, after right. we vote, you can. All right. <laughs> Are we going to see this this year? All right. For our audio listeners, all four thumbs were in the up position. Jeff, go for it, brother. The only thing that is going to, you know, Throw some fire on our fire, fire water on the fire or whatever. Um, might put it in a sling. I don't know. Is net neutrality, right? So that is a big thing. So that makes it you know even more important to have net neutrality because if as you just get your cable internet service, 
you don't want it to be throttled down because you are consuming from you know your TV from another source, right? So I think that's really really important. I'm excited about it. I mean, ESPN is you know Monday Night Football. I love Monday Night Football. That's one of my things that I do my laundry with. So um, you know it's just perfect. So I would I would like to if my only problem again for me in Napa is that we don't get over the ear signals that strong. Yes, so, I, so I have get another. Provided for something. That's I, why I would. I was hoping for Aereo to really do well. Yeah, you know. Yeah, me too. And, and I have the same problem, Jeff. I literally, excuse me. I live at the foot of a mountain, and uh, yeah, I, I I don't get I, I don't get over the air antenna service where I live. So, uh, but uh, yes, I do think this is great, and yeah, I think you're you've got a valid point on net neutrality. Uh, and also one thing about this device that uh, I don't think was mentioned from the stage, but it was mentioned in you know some sessions that they had afterwards. You can only stream to one device at a time. There will be no your wife watching something upstairs while you watch ESPN downstairs. This device is uh, is one way. It's either going to go to one computer or one tablet or one phone or one TV connected device at a time. Yeah, and no DVR functionality too. Right, the article said. <clears throat> I'm a little frustrated with this right now because they can't seem to work out a deal with Fox News. And yeah, I'm a Fox News person. Um, that's not my only source of news, but uh, but I think this is really great. One of the other issues that might come into play here is when you think about sports, you, let's take NASCAR, for instance, okay? So I know, Duke, you and I enjoy watching a NASCAR race every once in a while. And so you know that the beginning of the NASCAR season, Fox covers NASCAR. They've got Daytona, the biggest, you know, one of the biggest races everybody wants to watch. Then as you move through the season, it, it moves to TNT, ESPN, uh, different places. So you're not going to be able to follow uh, a whole NASCAR season on ESPN, ESPN2. There, there is some NASCAR on ESPN. Uh, I'll admit that. And then with football, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, do you like the do you like the Fox, uh, you know, uh, commentators, or do you like the NBC commentators, or do you like the Fox? Com- so it's gonna there's gonna be some limitations there, but you may be able to, uh, you know, over the over the air broadcast get some of those other games on NBC, CBS, and that sort of thing. And there's plenty of Fox uh, channels in our area as well. But, um, but I think it's a big, big move. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a start. It, mm-hmm. It's not, it hasn't arrived, but it's a start. And, and I think it's a pretty good one. I do. <coughs> it's a start by a major player. And yes. That, that is, that is the thing. And, and let's not forget that HBO and CBS have both announced this year that they're planning on streaming, you know, what they offer. And CBS especially sounded interesting because they were going to do a, uh, a, not only on demand, but also streaming live is what CBS has offered to bring. So, uh, Hey guys, 2015 should be an interesting year for uh, cable company dinosaurs versus streaming live on the internet. Yeah, keep in mind also part of the part of that story is Dish has been losing customers pretty consistently over the last year. They had to do something different to try to acquire more customers, and uh, and this is one of the things that they're doing. So. 
Hope it works for him. Hey, good yep. luck, Dish. And yes, Dish, bring Fox back. Okay, man. I'm going to move on to uh, one uh, you, you guys know, uh, maybe our viewers don't. I've had a history with uh, Kodak, worked for the company for several years, and uh, I got pretty excited when I heard a few weeks ago that Kodak was going to debut at CES a phone that focused heavily on the camera. And I said at the time that although I was excited and I had a lot of high hopes, I didn't think that this was going to be anything special. Basically, Kodak had licensed this company in China to build this phone. And this thing debuted uh, yesterday at CES. And... Uh, Let's face it, guys, when you start looking at the device, it's pretty ho-hum, is it not? Yes. There's one feature I like. <clears throat> I like that Kodak logo. It brought back a lot of memories for me. What would you like, Jeff? I like the idea when you take a photo, you preview it before you save it. I, I like that concept. You take a picture and then say, ah, this is okay, I'm going to save it. It doesn't save it to the phone until... You can do it. It does like a preview shot. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm I'm not sure I'd like that. I think you just get in my way. I, you know, I take a bunch of photos, and then when you know the heat of the moment's over with, and and I'm sitting down in a chair, then I'm looking at the photos, and the ones that suck, I poke on them and I delete them. You know. Yeah. You know, another thing to keep in mind is every phone manufacturer. Like, for I'll just use one example: the Asus. Uh, Zen 2 that they announced, and by the way, I was I was I have to say I was a little a little impressed with the uh, with the new Qi, uh, the three different sizes they have Windows uh, tablet you know keyboard combos, but every single phone manufacturer is talking about all these new phone interventions that they're putting into their phones, the number of lenses, uh, the different things that they can do with the pixels and stuff like that. So Maybe this is focusing. yeah, this is a real hard nut to crack for Kodak, you know, when you got people that have had cameras in their phones for uh, for four or five years, and they're just making them better and better and better and better and better. Uh, just uh, real quick for anyone who might be curious, uh, this thing's uh, running Android 4.4.2 KitKat. It does have an octa-core 1.7 gigahertz MediaTek processor. The display is a 5-inch 1280 by 720 pixel IPS. Uh, it's fairly lightweight. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it comes with 8 gigs of RAM, or I'm sorry, 8 gigs of internal storage and 1 gigabyte of RAM. It does have dual SIM, which leads me to believe that uh, this phone's probably going to show up in the east before it does in the west, but we'll just have to see. It's uh, like I say, the euro price. If you convert it, it's looking like it's about two hundred and fifty dollars U.S. So, uh, hey guys, I think that if I was to run a poll right now, it would all end up thumbs down. So I'm just going to move on if that's all right. Sure. I got my, my Kodak Z8. <laughs> <laughs> All 
<laughs> All right, man. Hey, uh, Acer at CES unveiled a 15-inch Chromebook. Now, you know, you might think, well, that's just another Chromebook. I- I'll tell you guys, I watched three video reviews of this Chromebook from uh, various uh, people who were on site. All of them had very, very kind words to say about this. And, and Bruce, knowing that uh, you've got a very special relationship currently with your Acer C720, I'm going to let you start on this one, bud. What do you think of this? Well, as soon as I thought that, I thought about my lovely wife, Susan Elizabeth. She's got some vision problems. She's got a 17-inch, 17-inch Toshiba laptop that, uh, you know, that she's got, you know, tricked out as far as, you know, accessibility, as far as her vision and stuff like that. Uh, I, she's really been thinking a lot about the Chromebook. I told her, well, the biggest one out there is an HP 14. And, uh, you know, we went and we were in Best Buy and you could look at it and stuff like that. So a 15 makes makes it even better for somebody like her. So that's the first thing I thought about. And there are going to be some people who are going to want that. And, you know, we, we all have different machines. You know, I'm, I'm sitting in front of a Windows desktop. I've got a Dell Latitude business laptop. And then I've got my Chromebook. And there's a right tool for every job. So if, if, if a college student wanted that nice nice display and that nice size screen, um, then, you know, I think it competes really well for, rather than going out and spending, you know, twelve thirteen hundred $1,300 of mom and daddy's money on a MacBook Pro, you know, to get something like this that'll do most everything they need to do. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, first of all, this thing, it's pretty attractive. In fact, for our YouTube audience, let me just uh, uh, share some pictures here with you. Uh, they've got several. This thing is very nice. I do like that, uh, you know, the 15-inch screen, they probably could have put a uh, number pad on the right side of that, but they have elected to put some fairly large-looking speakers in it. So I think it's going to sound pretty good. It's just it's really, I'm telling you, for a $250 price point, this is a very nice-looking laptop, fairly light. Again, you know, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. One of the things that I really like about my Chromebook is the 11.6-inch form factor. But if you're needing a bigger Chromebook, this thing is definitely worth consideration. I'll tell you, it's just it's a very nice-looking unit. Uh, it's got two different displays, the best that I remember. Two, I'm sorry, two different display options. Uh I'm not seeing it right now. Okay, let's see. Uh, yeah, you've got a 1360 by 768 screen, but they're going to be offering a 1080p version shortly. So, uh, hey, guys, I am pretty excited about that. Here again, this form factor is not for me, but this is one more Chromebook option out there that I really like. Anybody else got anything to add to that? Um, I think they said the build quality is, you know, it feels solid, and, uh, you know, that's my, my current Acer feels solid, so I think they kind of continued that trend of having a nice feel to it. Um, but I agree with you. I would love to see a delete key and a home key and some other keys, you know, a little bit wider keyboard that yeah. supports more keys. Versus yeah, I, I, I think the speaker placement was a bit unfortunate. They could have gone with a, a bigger keyboard. Um, that, that, you know, for folks who have bigger hands like I do, it is a little bit, you know, cramped. And, um, 
you know, sticking those speakers off to the left and right side of the keyboard is, I, th I think, a, a, a bit of a design flaw where a larger keyboard would have certainly. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> you know, I think, uh, you know, when people go, you know, you, you go to Best Buy, you go to Walmart, you go to the laptop display area, what do you see? You see all different kinds of sizes. Some people like 11.6. That's that's where I'm at, you know, as far as traveling and going to the coffee shop and stuff like that. But there's some people that want a 13, some people that want a 14, a 15. I think it makes sense, especially for a company like Acer, to have a, a variety. Yeah. Yeah, and the price point is 249. I mean, it's a perfect price point for something like this, right? I mean, they'd hit the sweet spot with it, really. I, I think they've done a good job with it. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm going to step away from CES. Believe it or not, there's been some news this week that has taken place outside of Las Vegas. And uh, first of all, I want to thank my good friend Bruce Turner for turning me on to this next article. I did not know anything about it, and it hit. And that is that Google announced yesterday that they are coming out with a cast of audio products and what they've done is they partnered with some third-party speaker manufacturers and you're going to be able to pull up the audio from your phone and cast it to these special features this is using the chromecast protocol that comes in the little google chromecast so uh, with that said, let's get the thumbs in the neutral position, guys. So what do you think, man? Is this are we going to see this this year, or is this going to be a fail? All right, I'm the only one that said no. <laughs> Jeff, go for it. Well, you know, it makes sense that they're doing this and they're partnering with, uh, you know, the speaker companies like Sonos or whatever. So they're going to be Wi-Fi speakers, basically, that are going to um, redirect the IP, uh, that, that IP to the um, device. So I think it's a great idea. And they want to get in this arena. They definitely want in this arena. So I think it's good. All their services are coming together. Jeff, I just want to remind you that uh, two years ago, you and I had a disagreement on on a certain Google product becoming a commercial product. And, and I just want to remind you of that fact. Bruce, what do you think of this? No, I think it's, <clears throat> I think it's a great idea. You know, one of the things that I'm wondering about this, if they're using the CAS protocol, now, I realize that, <clears throat> that um, like, for instance, YouTube, I'm I'm from my phone to my Chromecast. I'm basically giving the Chromecast a set of instructions to go up to the cloud to bring down these YouTube videos or whatever. Is it going to do the same thing with the phone, or because the difference between actually casting music from my phone here, or because you know the, the, we're talking about Pandora and some of the other players, Spotify here, is is my phone just going to be triggering this thing to go up to the cloud and get it? And I'm not having to necessarily, you know, actually stream it from my phone as, as if I would, as I would if I had a Bluetooth speaker, which is yes. battery life and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, my my guess is it's going to work the same way. The IP is, yeah. is, is going to go. It's going to be a Wi-Fi enabled speaker somehow, and it's going to have the, you know, um, and it, you'll see it on your network, and you'll just you know cast it to that, and that's going to handle the whole streaming, and that takes it away from you. 
yeah. your, your device. Yeah, that makes I, a lot of sense. I, I think uh, I, I think at this time, and, and Robert, I, I'll let you weigh in if you want to, but I, the reason why I voted it no, guys, is they just announced it yesterday, and although they did name some partners, we have yet to see any images of partner products. And and I, I just don't think it's going to happen this year. I think it will happen because, we, as we all know, the technology's there. We're casting stuff all the time, every day. But I just don't think that we're going to see this. If we do see it, it's going to be very late in the year. And that's my opinion. Robert, weigh in, man. I, I agree. It probably will be late in the year because they actually haven't shown any model or prototypes of any devices yet. So obviously it is a bit off. However, as Jeff points out, the technology and the protocol exist already. It's simply a matter of getting a manufacturer to put that hardware in uh, into their devices. We're seeing more and more of it with TVs, uh, home theater systems, where casting music from your handheld device, your computer, whatever, is becoming more and more common. So certainly... This is just no surprise that Google's going to, you know, the, the leader in casting at this point is going to take over and, and, and say, Here, here's the protocol, put it into your hardware. We'll see it. So it'll be like this. Okay, Glass, playlist uh, Led Zeppelin to my Sonos speaker. Care, 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 careful, Jeff. <laughs> Peacock. Peacock. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm I'm moving on this one. This one right here uh, really caught my attention this morning, and and I thought we had to include this as part of the show. Uh, HP has been making some Chrome boxes. They've been making some Google Chrome boxes. Of course, we all know that uh, they came out with the HP Stream just before Christmas, which was a Windows-based, very low-end netbookish. Uh, $200 price point device to compete directly against the Chromebooks. And just as a side note here, guys, I just want to say, don't you guys find it interesting that Microsoft started out making fun of the Chromebook? Actually, they started out ignoring the Chromebook. Then they hired a marketing firm to make fun of it. And now, finally, they're competing head-to-head. Anyway, you know, Chromebooks are what everybody talks about, but Google also makes the Chromebox. HP's been a manufacturer of it. And now they have announced their own take on a Windows-based Chrome box. They're calling this the Stream Mini PC. Guys, if you don't know what a Chromebook looks like, think about the little Mac Mini. And uh, this thing, I've got to say, it's it's an attractive-looking unit. It's uh, almost more round than it is square. It's got very, very rounded corners. It's got a couple of USB ports, a smart card port, a power button. This thing, I mean, basically hook a keyboard, mouse, and a monitor to it, and away you go. This thing is going to debut at a price point of $180 U.S. Guys thumbs in the neutral position will this be a successful product okay i've got two up and two down and i'm gonna i'm gonna let an up go first robert go for it man the nut sized devices 
are a big player in cord cutters and home theater enthusiasts. That's where this fits. And they're very successful. If this unit performs well, and I'm a little bit concerned about the Celeron processor, um, I think that this will do very well. We'll actually see it. People will use it. It's a small device that will fit uh, in their home theater system very easily and bring desktop computing to the TV, but media capability to the TV very easily. That's why I think this will be successful, and we will see this this year. Yeah, and and, and I do think, uh, listen, I think it's an attractive uh, device. At its price point, I can see this thing. You know, if somebody is looking for a single-purpose device, okay, Mm -hmm. man, I tell you what's the truth. It's going to be hard to pass this up, okay? You know, I could see something like this for my mom. You know, very small form fit. You know, I can still grab control of it. It comes with a keyboard and a mouse for 180 bucks. They're tossing that in there. It's a very small profile. You know, um, I could see it for kids and things like that. You know, learning a learning the Windows environment. It's pretty competitive. Very competitive. Bruce. Uh- I know you love your Chrome, your Chromebook, and uh, you know uh, what we haven't talked about is uh, antivirus and some of the uh, flaws that come with uh, Windows operating systems. What do you think, man? Well, well, first question I have: I wonder how much Microsoft is paying HP to trot out this crap. Uh, have you played around with one of those HP? Uh, Windows uh, little laptops that they put out that were the Bing thing, whatever. That thing is such a piece of junk. I mean, it it, it looks. I mean, it looks like something you would see from a toy company. And, and I turned it on and ran it. And you read the re, you read the reviews on that. So I guess one you know, uh, Robert, you said if this thing can can perform, you know, I do think it could it could work well in that media type of situation. But if it doesn't perform significantly better than that little laptop HP put out to compete with the Chromebook, and now, and, and they put this to compete with the Chrome boxes. <clears throat> you know, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to get really excited about it. Maybe, you know, maybe a, a mom situation, uh, you know, grandma situation. But you know, what what is in it for HP, who's making Chrome boxes and Chromebooks, to do this? How did how did Microsoft? Twist their arm to get them to start putting out this stuff because I don't, you know, it's it's Windows. You know, that's one of my biggest gripes against it. Viruses, Here, malware. And all yeah, that. yeah I, th- I think really, Bruce. I, I think you make some valid points, but really, uh, this is probably no different. The, I mean, the only difference between this and a Chrome Chrome box is the color and, and the operating system because yeah. they were pretty much already making this already you know yeah let's let's talk maybe Robert would know a little bit but w- could you see this in a business environment say like banks or something where they only have browsers and they're connected to a, a secure network server running running windows software or something like that could that is see- that, that is very popular because we're looking we're returning to the days of thin client what, what used to be thin clients years ago Yep. which were purpose-specific machines. We have browser-based software now where all I need 
is a browser. I don't, I don't need the performance, high-end performance or, or capabilities of a full-blown machine in most circumstances. I think in the hospitality industry where the primary, uh, my primary customers come from, the vast majority of their units can easily be browser-based only, either Chromebook, Chromebox, or Windows PC type or enough devices like this. So the thing here is a cost factor. I just did a retrofit for a hotel, um, was many, many tens of thousands of dollars, okay? They put in full-blown PCs. Did they need to? No. 75% of what I put in was simply for compliance, not for purpose. Correct. And and they wasted that money in comparison. Because the IT says you have to be Windows, you know, be on our Windows server, our, our server, blah, 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 blah. This is, the, this is the requirements. This is the set of security requirements that we have, all those things. So, you know, that's what I'm thinking, you know, perhaps this might have a little bit of a, some traction in some large installations such as, you know, banks and, and things like that. So would this be more appealing to the enterprise then, Robert? Um, I, I think at these lower spec processors, no, because I think, as you mentioned, with the HP Windows PCs uh, laptops that they came out with before, they were very underpowered. And, and you know, even though it's browser based, we still have to have some power to drive those larger websites, because of course, as we bring functionality to the browser. We have to have a processor that's capable of displaying the image, transmitting, you know, and, and consuming the data that's going to pass through the bus. These lower-end processors, the Celerons in particular, I don't think have quite enough horsepower to really be attractive to the enterprise. Bring in the i3, i5 class processors, and then it's a totally different circumstance. Yes, that bumps up the price some more. But still, not the same price as a full-blown machine with eight gigs of RAM and a 500 gig hard drive, and you know all the other accoutrements that go with it. All right, hey, listen. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't tell our listeners here uh, a, just a little bit more about this thing. The Stream Mini, it's a Think Micro PC. It's running a Celeron. 2 gigs of RAM, 32 gigabyte SSD, and, of course, in addition to that, you're going to get 200 gigabytes of OneDrive as well as a $25 gift card. Uh, the thing's got gigabit Ethernet, four USB 3.0 ports, integrated 802.11n Wi-Fi, Bluetooth 4.0, and an SD card reader. It's also got audio jack and a microphone uh, HDMI port, and it's going to come shipped with Windows 8.1 with Bing. So, yeah, man, this thing, listen, keep in mind, $180 price point. This thing might have a place. I don't think they're going to be selling them, you know, just right off the shelf. But I do, do believe this device could be appealing to a certain group of individuals. I do. All yep. right. So you're changing your thumb? No, I, I, I'm not crazy about it. I don't think it's going to be a successful device. I don't think – I'm not calling it successful. I'm calling it interesting, but I just don't see it uh, – I don't see mass market appeal for this device. Fair enough. 
Okay, man. Hey, guys. We are Tech and Coffee. You can catch us at techandcoffee.info. We have a Twitter and a Facebook account, Tech and Coffee One. Hey, guys, tweet us using the hash Tech and Coffee, and we will see your response and get back to you. Hey, uh, YouTube, follow us at Tech and Coffee. Google Plus, search on Google Plus for Tech and Coffee. Look for that TNC logo. Also, catch this podcast and our revamped podcast coming soon tech news week on stitcher radio and itunes as always questions comments and snide remarks aj at tech and coffee dot info hey guys am i the only one tonight who has an app i've got an app oh bruce give us your app my friend Okay, so uh, I forget who <clears throat> who passed on this news. I heard it from one of you guys that, you know, Amazon was uh, during the holidays was giving away uh, hundred and twenty dollars worth of a group of grouping of apps, and you did that, okay? And then uh, then the next week they were giving another group of apps away, and so I went on there and uh, and took a look there, and uh, you know, being a guitar player, um, there's an app. <clears throat> it's not an expensive app. I think normally. The app sells for, um, well, let's see, on the uh, Google Play Store. It's on sale now for half price. It's $1.49. Uh, it normally sells for uh, for two $2.99. But uh, anyway, um, there's a uh, – I'll go ahead and share my screen with you. This is what the, uh, this is what the app uh, looks like. But it's got some really nice nice features to it. For instance, um, you can uh, – it, it's, it's, you know, it's got the top 100 tabs, so if – if you're a musician, I know Jeff is a musician. He's a he's a picker as well. You know, you may see some songs here that uh, that you think here's a Taylor Swift call, song called "Blank Space" and and it's got uh, you know the car uh, the chords and the and the lyrics and stuff like that. But uh, so I also have some other interesting things that that I like in particular on the on the tools area. And when you get to the tools area, you've got a metronome. <clears throat> it's really interesting. We did a we did an acoustic worship set, so we had three acoustics and and some percussion. We did we did use a looping track behind some of the stuff we did, and so we did have click. But if we didn't have click, I could I could actually have run the click through the system using this metronome app, and uh, and and you know pick it out for whatever we need. But it's got a it's got a guitar tuner as well. So um, you know I use I use my phone uh, to tune my guitar. Uh, Every every week when I go to practice, so this Thursday night I'll be using the the guitar tuner, and then it's got a chords library, and this is kind of interesting. You can tap down here and go to a particular chords. So I, I know you know Jeff really likes the F sharp ninth, so uh, so I can actually uh, I can actually strum it. Do you like that? You don't, do you like ninths, Jeff? I like the diminished. F you, ninth. You like diminished. diminished? Okay. Well, let's see. Let's see what else we got here. So do you want it? Do you want a diminished a yes. seventh? Yeah. Okay, let's, so let's do a diminished seventh. And so this is a diminished seventh. But anyway, it's it's a really nice uh, app. It's got lots of, you know, a lot of good features. So, you know, the chord library, um, and uh, you, then you can search tabs. Um, you can t- pick a random tab, and then it'll load a, a random song. Here's an Ozzy Osbourne song. Uh, Mr. Tinker Train, and uh, so anyway, I, I like it, and and I got it for free. On the, from I got it from the Amazon App Store. It's also available on the Google Play Store as well. Ultimo Guitar Tab. That's my app of the week. 
very good, Bruce. I like that. I didn't. I've got. Uh, I, I've got another one very similar to that, but I kind of hate. I miss that one now that I've watched you uh, demonstrate it. I, I actually have that, so. Very, yeah. Very good, very good. So, Jeff, you don't have an app? I do not have an app. Okay, and Robert, you don't have one. I thought I heard you say before we went on air. No, no, no. Just coming off a very busy Christmas season and uh, (coughs) having caught the flu, I wish there was an app to help me get over that flu. uh, Next week I will have an app for you. Yeah, by the way, speaking of the flu, you know, I'm in northeast Tennessee and – uh, according to the Centers for Disease Control, we are the worst area of all the United States right now for the flu outbreak <laughs> epidemic. And I actually got an email from my work today basically telling me if I thought I had the flu to stay home and work from home. Yes. Well, I'm not coming to visit you then. <laughs> well, I don't think I have the flu, but I'll tell you what's the truth. When you get an email like that, you kind of think you might be having it come on about late Thursday. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Hey, guys, I'll tell you what. I am going to do an app this week that uh, that I've done before. It's been a long time ago that I've done it, and, and I liked the app then, but I didn't think it was regulated very good. There was a... There was basically a, a lot of nudity on it, just to be honest with you. And, and they cleaned the app up, and I've been using it now for a couple of weeks. Uh, it's uh, The name of the app is IM, and I'm going to spell it for you. It's E-Y-E, capital E-M, okay? And real quick here, let me uh, let me pull this up on... Uh, in in Google Play, just to show you just a little bit about it, I, I, what I want to show you is this thing is rated four stars. It's been uh, it's been rated four stars by one hundred twenty three thousand eight hundred seventy seven people. People on Google Plus have plus wanted it forty five thousand two hundred and nine times. Okay, this is an Instagram type app. I just want to make that clear. But what would set this apart from Instagram is a lot of the features that it has. And here I've got it up here on my screen. You'll notice that it knows where I'm at. Most of the time, it's actually got a little weather there underneath where it says Colonial Heights, giving me the current weather. If it's cloudy, what the temperature is. I don't know why it isn't showing. But then it's got all of these filters. Now, a lot of these filters will default once I post to one of these tags, or it will, uh, uh, you know, I can designate what I want these things to show up. But if you'll notice, here's a feature, photos around me. And these are actually photos that people have taken in Colonial Heights, Tennessee. Okay? Just shows up here. And then this is one of mine here, this gold wing, and this is pictures that I've taken. And you can probably recognize the tech and coffee cup. Okay, this was a picture of a restaurant that I stopped at on the Blue Ridge Parkway. There's a picture of my bike when I was leaving to go on the Natchez Trace. 
And and this is my Goldwing album. Now, there's street fashion. There's popular photos. Here is one of my favorites, man. I just did a search for the tag Boxer Dogs, and these are all the dogs that have been posted, the Boxer Dogs. And and you can see here, you know, you can you can like them. Uh, the uh, the boxed in text there. These are uh, these are tags that the people tag uh, when they post a picture. So there's there's all kinds of tags. A very powerful search, and and you can see this is just it's it's a fun photo app. If you'll notice here, just since I've been online here, the little bell up top there's a one byte. So I've gotten an alert. Let's see what this is. And it tells me that this uh, this particular uh, lady here, Elena Sabina, is now following you. Do you want to follow back? So I'm going to click on that. And this is her photo album, the pictures that she's taken. Okay, and you'll notice I've got a follow-up here. I'm going to go ahead and follow her because I can already tell... I, I like her photos. They're very, very nice. Look at this black and white photo here. Very, very interesting uh, a photo where she's uh, she's laying there in the light. Okay? Now, if I wanted to uh, post a photo, I could go here and I can launch the camera or I can grab the gallery. Right here, this is a, this is a shot. Uh, here's our old buddy, Josh Swafford. Uh, caught him asleep in the hangout. Josh, a shout out to you. So if if I wanted to do something, I'll go here. You know, I can kind of pick my filters that I I want to use. And uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm going to go with one here. So I pick that. I'm going to come here. Of course, I can rotate it, uh, crop it. Uh, let's do this right here. I really like to use these effects right here. You know, where you kind of scroll them uneven and. Uh, then you go up here, and I can enhance the photo. I can mess with the contrast, uh, so forth, etc. And then when I'm ready to share this, it gives me an option to uh, do I want to use a location. And it knows that I'm in Colonial Heights, Tennessee here right now. But I could search for another place to put in here. Okay, I'm going to skip this for now. And then I want to add a tag. And hanging out would be a logical tag because that's what Josh was doing while he was sleeping. But I'm going to add another tag. And I'm just going to type in here, sleep. And there it is. Sleeping came up, sleepy. And you can go on and on adding tags and comments when you're done with that, where do you want to share it to? You're automatically going to share it to IM. I can share it to Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and others, okay, including Foursquare. This is a super app. It's not Material Design, Android 5.0, but it's still a very, very gorgeous, very attractive interface. And I'm really going to encourage you guys to check out IM. And if you do, search for Duke Carico and follow me. Uh, and hey, and let me know that you heard it here. Hey guys, that is my app of the week. Does it doesn't look like it. you can share it to Google Plus though, right? Uh, it is not built in to share to Google Plus, no sir. But you you can share it to Google Plus, but it's it's an extra step. Uh, by the way, it does. It saves the uh, photo on your phone, 
So, so then you can share it to Google Plus. Okay. Hey guys, there was a whole lot about CES that we didn't talk about tonight. Uh, anything on your mind? If not, I'm going to try to pull it in the next week's show as CES wraps up tomorrow. I think one of the biggest things at CES that I saw was this. Uh, I watched the NVIDIA presser. This new Tegra X1 mobile chip that they revealed, a phenomenal mobile chip that is going to bring all kinds of possibilities to mobile uh, devices, tablets, and so forth. It's it's gonna if if I understood it right, Bruce, and and a lot of it was over my head. But if I understood it right, we're talking about PC capable graphics Absolutely. on smartphones. Eight hundred and fifty six core GPU. The CPU is an eight CPU core. Uh, it's it's just uh, very very powerful. So I was really excited about that. Okay. Anything else, guys? Uh, by the way, if, if you haven't seen it, one of the bigger jokes to come out of CES is this sound cone and, and the sound cone is this huge guys think fifties and sixties hair dryers, only three times bigger. Okay. And, and, uh, this is supposed to be, you know, you're in a noisy environment. You're going to stick your head under this thing and take your phone call. Come on, man. Give me a break. What a waste. Uh, what, what a total waste. I'm telling you, just incredible. And guys, speaking of Josh Swafford, he just want everybody to know that what happens in the hangouts stays on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> he did sign the release forms. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, guys, listen. Uh, have a great seven days. We're going to catch you in seven. Everyone, have a great rest of the week and peace out, everybody. <laughs>